Okay, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to the podcast, episode 153 of One Before I Die. Back to our regularly scheduled programming here, coming at you on a Tuesday after the Bills win over Baltimore in Baltimore. Uh, week four in the books, Bills back in the W column, and uh, the season is rolling right along. So, obviously, talking about that game here, week four recap. Um, we look ahead to our next game, which I believe is home against Pittsburgh. And uh, also Sabres preseason hockey continues to roll along as uh, the home opener, or I guess the opening game of the season comes next week. Uh, so maybe a little bit more in depth in terms of season preview next, uh, next week's episode, because I believe the Sabres first game is the following Thursday. So there will be another episode between now and the Sabres first regular season game. But that season is rapidly approaching as we've been talking about as well. So Bill's football talk, Sabres, uh, Sabres hockey talk a little bit as well. Um, just kind of getting in the groove of things as everything continues to roll on. Um, so without further ado, let's introduce Ethan into the mix and we'll get right into the episode. So Ethan, how you doing? Good. I'm doing great. I mean, I predicted the bills to come out and win this game on Sunday and they did just that. Um, I'm also, like you said, really excited for Sabres hockey to get going here, like home opener next week. Uh, we're going to be hitting full force in the one before I die podcast land. And that's when things really get get rolling, when the Sabres are kicking, when the Bills are kicking. So, I mean, this is the best time of the year, uh, period. So I'm, I'm excited for October, and I'm excited to, to have both teams rolling. Yeah, so um, do you like this time of year better than, uh, than the other time of year that is debated in terms of sports, like at the beginning of the year where there's uh, – March Madness, hockey playoffs. No, you know, October is the best just sports ended. month of the year. You like October. You like the fall where there's if, football's in full swing, football hockey starting, is, baseball yeah, playoffs. Exactly, because September is great because NFL comes back. But the first couple of weeks of NFL, I feel like are more of a feeling out period. Once October football rolls around, I feel like teams start to get in full swing. You know, they they get the rust off, especially with how preseason is nowadays, where it's basically non-existent. It feels like the first couple of weeks are almost preseason with a lot of these teams still figuring it out. If you have some new faces, um, new coaching staffs, new playbooks, right? So October football, the football's a little more cleaner, more crisp. There's that little nip in the air that it feels like football season. And then once hockey kicks off and then you got MLB playoffs, it's the only time of year where all four major sports are going at one time. It's it's the best in my opinion. Okay, yeah, I I, I always go back and forth because I, you know, I like hockey playoffs though. You know, obviously you got hockey yeah. beginning of the season, but the other end of the spectrum, but hockey is playoffs, playoffs, hockey playoffs hockey. don't start until beginning of the summer, like and like May June. You know what I'm saying? I think it starts in like April. No, end of April. Usually okay. the end of the regular season is is like the first, second week of April. I, I always thought, uh, maybe I'm just remembering wrong. I just thought there was some overlap between, I guess, hockey. I guess end of hockey, regular season is kind of like ramping up and it, as, as the same time as March Madness is going on. And then you also yeah, March have... March Madness, like the end of the regular season usually lines up when like the final four is going on. Right. But then football obviously ends in February. So that's, that's done with. Yeah, I think uh, I love March Madness. We should maybe do this too if we're like next summer, pencil this down for something to talk about. But like power ranking the best sporting events, not saying like the league, but you know what I'm talking about? Like yeah. if it's an event, 
I think March Madness for me is like one or two on my list, but I think March as a month is like overrated as a sports month because you, you got <laughs> March Madness, but it's still regular season for hockey. And I love regular season hockey, but outside of that, like football's over. I hate the NBA. So I think, I think March is just great because of March Madness, but as a sports month, it's not that great. Yeah. The the one thing is, is that, and I know hockey playoffs doesn't start yet, but hockey playoffs almost like counts for like so much of good sports where it's like, it almost like overrules like the lack of football in my opinion. Like it, it like yeah, it can be I debated think- because hockey playoffs are in my opinion, this is opinion based here are the best playoffs. So that like almost like makes up for the loss of, you know, some of the other sports that might be going on during October. 100%. Because I said, I just said March Madness might be one or two, and the one that's competing with is NHL playoffs. For yeah. Me. So it's more like bang for your buck there, as opposed to October. You got football, you got beginning of hockey season, you got uh, baseball playoffs. But um, anyway, we digress. We'll get back into um, our talking points here, and we'll start it with the week four game Buffalo Bills 23 to 20 over the Baltimore Ravens in a nice little comeback in the second half. Um, this is a game that I predicted the Bills to lose in the uh, when we did our preview. Predicted the Bills to lose also last week when when we did the episode. Um, gladly proved wrong here as the Bills do come out on top and improve to three and one on the year. Uh, this was a tale of two halves, honestly, right? I mean, and I guess we'll get into our short term, long term here to start out the segment. Um, this game right here. What are your short term thoughts coming out of this thing? Um, what, what what are you thinking in the short term? After you, uh, you know, the, the clock ticks zero after Tyler Bass nails a field goal to give us the W. What are your initial thoughts? I mean, this isn't this isn't anything groundbreaking, but this team is nails is my short term right there. Right. Like there's no quit in this team. We got a bunch of dogs on this team. Um, even when I said this during the game, because we watched this game together. Right. Yep. The first half, everything from the weather to the vibe to the opponent reminded me so much of the Colts game last year when it was just rainy. We were getting out physical at the line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball. <clears throat> was it as rainy as it didn't look? We were watching the game together, like you said, like Who it must ever? have been more rainy there than we than it looked like. It didn't look bad on TV. I think I, the Colts game was I think worse it, in terms of weather. Well, we were there. I don't know how the Colts game looked on TV. I'm just going to go by what the announcers were saying. And they said it was really rainy and it was, it was affecting players on the field. So I think with the, all the conditions taken into effect with how the game was playing out with the turnovers, right. It, to me, it was like that first half or at least until we scored going into half was just the Colts game vibes. And the difference, though, in this team now this year and last year, and maybe it's maturity, maybe it's some roster changes. I, I like to think it's maturity. Is we found Queens a way. A both. We found a way where in that Colts game, we kind of just lied, laid down like a dog and died. You know what I mean? Like we just didn't have it that game. Seen by halftime, they were like, you know, we're just gonna throw this one in the trash, erase it from memory, and come back next week with a different mindset. But this this Baltimore game, I mean, going in with that last-minute score before half, and it's like, okay, we're still in this game, getting that stop out of the gate, it was just huge. And the defense, man, that first half was uh, – for as how good as the defense has looked through the first three weeks of the season, that first half was like, oh, man, we're going back to what we were like last year. They were just at will running the ball down our throats. 
And that's how a lot of the games went last year, right? We talked about this after the Rams game. It's like, wow, we got actually got a run defense. And all of a sudden, where'd that go? I know Ed Oliver was out again. Jordan Phillips was out again. And we can, I want to get into the, the D tackle specifically a little bit more, but they came out of the gate on that second half with a different mentality, with a non-quit attitude. And the defense didn't let up a point in the entire second half. So my, my, my short term is we got a bunch of dogs on this team that are a little bit more mature that never quit. Uh, also this, uh, gets rid of the, I don't know how much we really, you know, we never really talked about this or really cared about this, but a, a lot of the, the buzz on, uh, online was over the past year or so, right. The bills haven't been able to win these one score games. So that kind of throws that out the window. We finally do get a win. Um, that is one score side. We come out on the right side of it for, for once here. Um, the thing that stuck out to me and you alluded to it a little bit was, but it was the defense because to me, and, and the offense wasn't there in the first half, obviously, like we, like we were saying, and they, you know, they got going at the end of the second half to, to close it out. But for whatever reason, uh, it was one of those gut feelings. And, and it is a, a lot with this team, specifically with this offense over the past couple of years. I, I had a feeling the offense was going to get going in, in the second half. Like it, it was just a matter of time. Um, yeah, the weather definitely played a factor. There was a ton of tip balls. I mean, that was the interception, right? It was, it seemed like Calais Campbell was getting his hands on everything. Um, but to me, I, I always had a feeling, all right, second half, the offense is going to put up some points, but can we stop them? Because like you said in that first half, I mean, there was grueling drives. It's not like they were putting up, you know, a ton of points. I mean, they put up 20, which is a decent amount for the first half, but I mean, their, their drives were long and grueling. And the one time Martin putting it down to inside the five yard line, I think they go all the way down and score a touchdown after that 95 yard drive. Like the defense was having some trouble getting stops on third down when they need to Lamar was getting outside the pocket and he was doing his thing that he's been doing all year. Uh, he was playing at MVP level the first half. So I, I was worried a little bit about the defense, not so much about the offense. They didn't score a point in the second half. So I think to me, that's the storyline with the injuries, with our backup corners in um, Poyer back, obviously a huge impact. The dude get two interceptions. Um, He's on pace for like 17 interceptions this year. I think he has four and he's only played in three games, which is insane. Crazy. So uh, the, the defense really stepped up. Um, and, and then, and then, and then Allen just became Allen. Like the first half you could tell, like he, it, it was one of those things where he, he wasn't playing well, but he was definitely engaged in the game. I was never like, Allen's not here this game. Like he was, he was making plays still uh, just things weren't going our way. And then he just turned into Superman. Like we know it's, it's pretty casual at this point. These, you know, the touchdown run he had the one where he eludes the, the pressure and then throws a dart to Shakir on the sideline. Like these plays are becoming so normal at this point that you knew it was going to break out at some point. So that was always going to be there. Defense stepped up big. Um, you know, talking about Poyer, I know he went to the x-ray room after, after the game. So hopefully he's going to stay healthy. Um, but yeah, I think the defense was, was the big thing in this one, just keeping on the zero points in, in the second half. And then, I mean, this might be getting a little bit ahead of ourselves. I don't know if you had anything else to add, but just that call, you know, that that was the big thing. Also the Harbaugh going for it on fourth down instead of kicking the field goal. Like I think that was the right call by Harbaugh. I really do because mm-hmm. it, it, it almost, and it almost proved it like in real time that it was the right call. Cause the bills did go down and obviously kick a field goal, but they ran it down to the one yard line and probably could have easily scored a touchdown. Like Harbaugh put it thinking, this way. Harbaugh's thinking this team's cooking in the second half. We we need a touchdown here. So the best thing they can do is tie the game as opposed to take the lead. Like we would have scored and taken the lead there if it was 23-20, in my opinion. Let, let, me, let me put it this way, too. If you, if you were the Bills in the same situation, right? Like the Bills have the ball fourth down on the three-yard line. It's 20-20 game, four minutes to go. 
I want the Bills to go for that too. Yeah. I want I, I want them I, to go for it too. Probably if it was the same situation as the Ravens, I'd want them to go for it. But it was even more so you should go for it as the Ravens because of the game situation where the Bills were like it w- maybe it would have been a, a slight I still agree with you. I would want the Bills to go for it. It would have been slightly more of a controversial call considering the Ravens didn't do anything in the second half on offense. From the Ravens' yeah, perspective, the, the Bills were moving the ball at will all second half. You you have to go for it there. Yeah, no, I, I agree. And I, 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 the other thing too, um, well, I guess we just talked about, I, I want, I would want the bills to go for, I, I'm, I'm just a, it, it's a quarterback league, right? Would you, I don't, I don't trust. I would rather have the bills offense having a chance to take the lead on one play versus having trusting your defense to stop Lamar Jackson, right? Like, like Lamar Jackson was unbelievable this game. I know that they didn't score in the second half, but I mean, he, he was great. Um, and, and so I, I am of the mindset where I, the bills are an offensive team first and you have Josh Allen put the ball in his hands and the Ravens, like I'm not faulting Harbaugh at all. You saw what that defense did. Like we just talked about this, this game against the dolphins, Lamar Jackson's their team, put the yeah. ball in his hand and have him win the game. So I agree with that. Um, I, I kind of kind of want to move on to my long term. If you got anything else to to add there, no, that was that was I didn't even necessarily say, but that was kind of my short term. I was same same page of view. I mean, that was just the to me the short term. I guess I'll I'll you know say de- defense just looked like the real deal. Even with just our that was you know that was my nerve going into the game. Obviously, predicting the Ravens to to win was that you know we were banged up and um I don't know they they really showed out and. And uh, and they they showed up when they needed to. All right, it was it was Ben not break and you know that that four and out or the the gold goal opportunity that we just talked about like that was just uh, uh, nails by them and, and even the third and goal where Lamar kind of gets out of the pocket and you think he's got a rush and Hamlin comes up and makes a play like they yeah. made the plays when they needed to. So the short term is the defense is here to stay, man, and and I think that really is the difference in the long term as well, which kind of moves into that. So my my long term, and I don't know if this is going to come across right. Excuse me. Have across the right way is the roster that we had on Sunday is not good enough to win the Super Bowl, and that's mainly because of injuries. Actually, it's all because of injuries. I think if going into the season, if we had that same our same roster week one as we do right now, I'd probably disagree with this. But I think this team is a piece or two away from being a Super Bowl team. Uh, more specifically. I think Trey White needs to come back healthy and make an impact. I know that we disagree on the secondary, but I I still think that we are a piece of the, in the secondary away, especially with Hyde going down. I know you talked about Hamlin making that play at the end, and you know all the credit to him. He he still was not. You could tell it's a downgrade not having Hyde out there. There were some no, open yeah, field I, tackles. I, I mean, he did I did not come that... out and make. I, I, yeah, we definitely we have our differences on certain parts of the secondary. I and you might disagree with this again. I personally think I've always been a, among the the safeties are super important. Having Poirier back and and hide out huge. And I honestly think hides a bigger loss than than Trey White w- is long term. I don't know if I would disagree with that. Okay, but I still think having Trey White come back. Yeah, he's and a game obviously, yeah, yeah, obviously. Hey, he's going to come back, but I'm saying coming back and being the player that he was before he got injured. That is absolutely key to me. Secondly, on the other side of the ball, or it's before I get there too, is we need to get our D tackles healthy and whether that's making another trades for another defensive player on the ball. I I think though, on the, 
on the offensive side of the ball, a trade needs to happen in the wide receiver room. We just lost Jamison Crowder for a broken ankle. Kumaro's week to week, and he's already not, you know, he's what, the fifth wide receiver on the depth chart. I know Khalil Shakir is finally going to get some playing time, but he's a fourth-round rookie. You can't really bank on him to to be a massive production guy. Gabriel Davis, as much as I loved him, you know, everybody knows he's my X factor going into this year. After week one, he's looked completely lost since he's got his ankle injured. He's um, playing injured, and he, like, had the yips on Sunday. Like, some of those drops that he had had nothing to do with his ankle. Like, clearly, he's playing injured, and that hurts him, but he's got to catch some of these balls, too. Yeah, I, I was baffled. I'm like, the, your ankles hurt. doesn't affect your hands, but there was... There's like two he, that were two terrible. two balls that he dropped that, you know, could have been drive killers. He makes those um, in his sleep. And this is going back to, I mean, he dropped the touchdown Miami, whatever. Gabriel Davis needs to get healthy. But this outside of Stefan Diggs right now, there is not a threat on offense. Dawson Knox has not looked like himself ever since he got the big deal. And I know he's dealing with a lot of off the field issues with his brother passing unexpectedly before the season starts. So I, I, I like to think that that's probably still affecting him. So the offense needs to trade for a playmaker. Don't get me started with the running back room too. How many times they dropped the ball. I know Singletary kind of picked it up in the second half, but outside of Devin Singletary, Moss is an absolute non-factor. James Cook talk about the yips. This guy looks like he's, well, he didn't never play on Sunday. He, they they should have yeah, got him did. back in the game. When he came in for one play and dropped the football and never came back. Oh, did he? Yeah, I thought he played. I thought he actually had some pretty decent plays against Miami. I was looking for more James Cook honestly on Sunday. I guess they he tried did have to that get drop. him in. And they gave him the ball once and he dropped it. All right. So I mean, <laughs> that's the other thing that's pissing me off. You got these people on on Twitter being like, James Cook needs more looks. James Cook. Every time they try to give him a look, he fumbles. He drops a pass. It's like I don't get why you're. I I get he's a rookie and I get it's you know it's too early to bail on him. But when you do give him a chance, you got to perform. Yeah, it's a it's a it's a what have you done for me lately league? And if you're dropping passes in key situations, you're not going to see the field. So, the yeah, offense I is mean, a playmaker away. If Gabriel Davis is not going to be the same, losing Jameson Crowder, Isaiah McKenzie also goes down and yeah. is in concussion protocol. So I don't know what his status is for this upcoming week. Yeah. The offense needs another playmaker. Is, is my long term take? Yeah, I mean, I'm going to just piggyback right on there and agree with you. I mean, you know that I've been saying it. Before any of these injuries happened, I was on the sign OBJ train, right? Like, I've always wanted that just because he's a great player. Now it's even more apparent now. I mean, we were texting her today, so you know I completely agree with this take. I said that if you're not going to sign OBJ, you have to go try trade for a wide receiver. Like, they need – I completely agree. They, they're in a spot right now where they are a Super Bowl team when they have everything together. And you, you cannot waste this year by injuries going down. You have to take advantage of Josh Allen playing at this level – the defense gelling back together and hopefully getting healthier soon, but you have to be able to take advantage of this, this year where everything should be going your way. So you cannot let a few injuries on the offensive side of the ball, you know, Hey, we'll wait for these guys to get healthy. You know, we still have some guys in the pipeline, hot it. No, like you need to go out and get guys that are going to win for you right now. And so absolutely need another wide receiver. Um, I'm not going to go through everything again, because I completely agree with you, what you just said. Um, but like, I, again, I do think that, they should try to make a move at OBJ. I don't know where that is. I was always wanting them to do that, but I mean, I, I just think that's so such an obvious thing now, especially with all the chatter about like he might, you know, be in on it. Like, it just seems like the perfect fit, the perfect time. Uh, they need they need that offensive player, and you can't account. And the last thing I'll say on this is, which supports the argument even more, is you can't keep uh, Josh Allen probably is good enough to 
will this team to victory with these injuries and stuff, but you can't necessarily count on him week in, week out to do everything. Like he is running the ball, passing the ball. Like if he's not on with the, you know, you're not really have anybody that's healthy right now. That's going to pick up some of that slack besides digs. Like he, he's doing everything, which makes him so good. And that's why he's a, you know, one of the best quarterbacks in the league, but it's literally putting it all on his shoulders. And at some point, like we're going to have to have guys to step up and, and be good enough um, to help him out. So completely agree with you. They need to get some more offensive help. Um, Cause it, and the other thing is like the, the injuries that the, the wide receivers have, they're not kind of like, you know, Oh, like he'll, he should be back, you know, in a couple of days and be like good to go. Like a broken ankle for Crowder is doesn't sound like he's coming back anytime soon. Like McKenzie with concussion, especially now with everything that's been going on with Tua and how cautious they probably should be. He might not be back for a little bit. Um, and then Davis is just hobbling around. So it's like these, these injuries don't seem like they're getting right very quick, which isn't good for the long term. Um, and they but, were already playing with four wide receivers when Crowder went down this week. And excuse me, they went down to three, th- or no, they went down to four and they were having a backup tight end, Quentin Morris, like play in wide receiver sets. So yeah. they, they were already hobbled before the injuries. And you know what I mean? They're just, they did, they need a skill player. Yeah, for sure. Uh, anything else on this game? 23 20 Bills. Uh, T-Bass redeemed himself, and I called him out at the end of last podcast to saying that we needed to see, you know, what did I say? I I needed him to step up, I think, because I I called him out saying, you want to talk about the drop, you want to talk about the drop to pick six. It just came down to him making a 38-yard field goal, and we were one against Miami. He was money all all game yesterday. He hit, what, three field goals? Couple three extra for three points for long of 39, 11 points. Obviously, had the game winner as well. Yeah. So he, he came back in, uh, in those conditions too. Yeah. Tip the cap to the kid. Yeah. So shout out T Bass. Um, yeah. And we'll, see. I, I also, I mean, this isn't anything about this game, but it's nice that we got, we can move into the Steelers talk a little bit. So I said we got the Steelers coming up because I think it's the perfect spot. You get to go home. We've been on the road three out of the four weeks to start the year. Steelers is the perfect get right spot. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. it is. It's the, this team looks terrible. I'm going to be honest. I did not expect the Steelers to look this bad. And I'm probably going to be scramble brained all year with the Steelers team, because you think Steelers, you just think a tough team to play against. That's going to come at you. That's going to be a close gritty game. His Steelers team does not look like the traditional Steelers team. Bills yeah, open it, up as 14-point favorites. Yeah. That's it's a college like, football uh, spread. It's looking like uh, we're not going to get a Mitch Trubisky wrench game. So that's probably the biggest storyline coming into this one is Kenny Pickett's probably getting his first start because he came in, obviously, as, as people probably know. Steelers just lost to the Jets this past week, and, and Trubisky got benched. Kenny Pickett comes in. He gets he rushes for a touchdown. I didn't really watch too much of the game. I think he threw, threw a couple picks. Um but I mean, he that that's that that's everything that Pittsburgh and the Steelers have been waiting for. Their fans is when is Pickett going to come in? When is Pickett coming? Well, he's here now, um, and so I mean, it's going to be his first go. Barring, I mean, barring anything else, right? I mean, I, I imagine they give him the start. They're not going to bench Mitch and then have him start again, right? They, they, they can't go back at this point. I, I'm assuming they're they're not going to flip the script back to Mitch being a starter. Would would you agree with that? Yo, yeah, I think the reporter came out that he's starting on Sunday. Yeah, so you got Kenny Pickett starting, and then I think TJ Watt's going to be out as well. Yeah, right. He's sure. not coming back, right? So that's huge. Um, 
I mean, that that's the one thing. I mean, you're talking about Steelers and being gritty and everything is the one thing with the Steelers throughout, no matter how bad they've been, is usually their defense has been very, very good. And it, it, that's kind of crumbled this year as well. So th- this team just flat out doesn't look good. This would be a terrible loss for the Bills. I know we lost to them in the opener last week. This is week five now. Week week six, week five. This is week five, five now. This is we're into the season, as you were saying, that you know, the preseason in quotes here is technically over. Like the the the, the boys start to grow and every the teams find their identities. This would just be flat out, you know, let's call a spade a spade here. A, a really bad loss for the Bills against a really bad Steelers team who just lost to the Jets. Um, it, we're outmatched them in every category. It, offense, defense, whatever it is, uh, you know, it, there's no way this game should be close. And I, I'm not saying that, you know, they're going to cover that spread, but I'm not su- necessarily surprised that it opened at that large of a spread either. So to me, it's it's not much to talk about. I guess you got to stop Najee Harris. Um, it, and I guess it really depends if, like, Kenny Pickett just has, like, a crazy, you know, lucky start to his NFL career type thing. Like, if this guy comes out and somehow is just slinging the rock, uh, you know, that would be disappointing, but I, I think our defense should be able to handle that. You know, a rookie quarterback coming in for his first start in Bills Mafia, like in the Ralph, like this guy should be under pressure and under duress all game long. And there's just really no excuse to let them do anything. And this offense should run it down their throats and, and, and throw all over the secondary because they just look brutal. I mean, Zach Wilson comes back for his first game of the year, and, and I think he had a, actually played a pretty good second half to bring them back to win that game. So, um, no reason we lose this game. 100% agree. I want them to blitz the heck out of Kenny Pickett. And I know this Bills team is not known for blitzing. I think we blitz the least amount of time in the league. Yeah. This kid needs to just be sweating every time he gets back there at a drop to throw a pass. You can't and, win a game with as a quarterback in this league wearing two gloves, too. Let's talk about that. Yeah. I mean, come on, Kenny. Hopefully the weather's nice too. I mean, we were talking about this going into the Titans game. Stadium's going to be absolutely bumping. The first 1 p.m. home game of the year. Uh, you know, I'm I'm hoping it's a nice, beautiful fall, crisp day in Orchard Park. Maybe like a nice low 50s, little sunshine peeking through. I, I heard also that we're getting Romo and Nance on this game. Okay. Uh, so it's going to be... Sounds like it's going to be the national 1 p.m. game. Um, yeah, and I'm hoping for just an absolute pounding from opening kickoff to the final whistle. And I think I'm going to say it. I know a win's a win. I'm going to be disappointed with anything less. This team is so much better than the Steelers. And I don't care who's catching the football, who's in, who's out. This should not be a close game. Um, I, I mean, Najee Harris, great running back, but it's kind that of line like the is br- that, that line for the, uh, Steelers has been brutal too. I mean, I don't think, I don't think Najee has been very good this year. And I think that's in big part to that scrambled offensive line for the Steelers that just hasn't been figured out over the past three years. Yeah. And this kind of just reminds me of the Titans game, right? What did I say against the Titans? You stop Derrick Henry and you're going to be okay on defense. Titans end up putting seven points because what Derrick Henry rushed for like 20, 30 yards. You stop Najee Harris and you made a, make a rookie beat you. And I'm not worried about letting two glove Kenny beat this bills defense, especially after how they looked in the second half last week. Now it's, I think it is kind of a big letdown spot. Um, 
and it was and an it emotional. Could, you, could, you could say it it's a, a look ahead, look ahead spot to the Chiefs as well. They do got the Chiefs the next week too, and they did come off a big emotional win in Baltimore. I trust the staff though. I trust I trust this coaching staff. You got to it, you got to you got to trust the pot process. And I yeah. I think Josh Allen's going to be rearing to go, especially if it's a nice day. I mean, I think this team is going to be ready to play in like football weather. I mean, enough with the blazing hot sun, enough with the you know, sideways rain. Like, let's let's play some football in, in some decent weather. Here. We're, we're, we're talking about Buffalo. Like, it's like the, the spot to get back right weather. <laughs> <laughs> no, but there is something to say about being back in your own building, too, though. And yeah. I think I think I mean, it's also it's also a, uh, it's also a revenge spot. Like, you, you want to talk about let down or look ahead. It's also a revenge spot for last year. The boys are going to be rearing to go. I'm going to get right into my score prediction here. Um, and I'm going to say the boys stomp them kind of like you were getting at. I'm going to say they put up a 40 piece. And I think they double up on the Steelers 40 to 20. I think the Steelers were score a, like a touchdown against the bills prevent defense uh, garbage time. So really it's a four, 40 to 13 game. And uh, the Steelers score last second here to make it 40 to 20. That's, that's my score prediction here. Bills are going to roll. Yeah. I, I don't see this, the Steelers putting up 20, even in garbage time. I'm going to say the bills win 38 to 10. Um. Yeah, I just think it's it's just going to be domination on both sides of the football. I think Josh Allen's going to rush for a couple, throw a couple. Um, this I might think, be a uh, Josh Allen cement MVP score. game. Say that again? Sta- I said this might be a uh, Josh Allen, you know, cement some stats, pad the stats for his MVP campaign game. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see if we uh, if we get some of the if we get Oliver or Phillips back this week too. Um, but yeah, I'm predicting a defensive touchdown and the bills to win 38 to 10. All right. Well, there it is. Big wins, uh, predictions for both of us against the Steelers this upcoming week. Um, I think that kind of rounds out the, the, the football talk here. Uh, big bills win, getting back right over the, over the Ravens comeback from 17 points down. And then we look ahead to the Steelers game back at the Ralph finally for week, uh, five of the NFL season. Uh, let's talk about the Sabres a little bit before we sign off here. Sabres have been playing uh, preseason, obviously, and as we said, they're, they'll start their regular season next week. Uh, most recently, they played Saturday actually against Pittsburgh as well. They played the Penguins, won 3-1 to one in that game. Tage Thompson with an absolute snipe. Victor Olsen with a vintage power play snipe from that you know right side there, one-timer. And then Jack Quinn gets an empty netter, all on top of UPL, uh, making 32 saves and only allowing one goal. To actually Drake Kajula. So shout out to Kajula on this on the Penguins now, former Saber. Um, wasn't obviously it wasn't able to watch this game. I was actually golfing and you know, I think you were at a wedding, so we weren't able to watch this game in, in real time. But I I did watch the highlights. Uh UPL looked great from the highlights. I mean, he a lot of the saves he made were quality saves. And you know, I'm gonna hype my guy up. I mean, 32 saves is a, is a solid performance. And then I think I said this maybe a couple of weeks ago uh, with you know not only are the Sabres winning, but I like to see the guys who are actually putting up points. Same, same type of thing here. I love seeing Olsen get, get a goal. Tage Thompson with a goal and assist, like Thompson scoring in the preseason, just like builds me back up that, you know, that energy I was talking about him, that he could potentially be a bargain with that deal. We gave him. Um, it, it's almost getting the monkey off his back before the season's even started. Like, um, obviously it's preseason doesn't matter and whatever, but you know, just to see him, you know, put one in the back of the net and the way he did, it, I mean, that was an absolute rip top shelf far side. It's good to see. And then Quinn's was an empty netter, but just seeing him on the stat sheet's always cool as well. So um, I don't really have anything else from that game except for that. 
the main, I don't know if you got anything else from like that game you want to talk about, but the main thing I want to talk about the Sabres is what you sent me this morning was their line combinations. Yeah. So, I mean, I'll let you kind of take the, take the lead on that unless you have anything else on the preseason game, but it looks like the line for the Sabres that they're practicing with now is getting more closer and closer to what the regular season roster is going to be like. Cause these guys that are, you know, shifting in for the preseason games that, you know, the prospects and all those guys, you know, they're going to be sent down the Amherst. They're going to be sent back to their junior clubs. And now we're getting to the meat and potatoes of our lineup. And um, I'll let you take it away. Yeah. Speaking of that, before I do get into it, uh, I don't know if you saw this, but Savoy was sent back to juniors officially. Yep. So I know there was maybe a little speculation on, is he going to have a shot to make the team? I think it's the right call. Get him back to juniors. Let him dominate this year. I just don't think there's room for him you know, based on who's going to make this roster. I just, I don't see where he fits in yet. Let him, let him earn the spot. Let him mature a little bit. I think it's a little too early for him to crack the the NHL. Uh, the, the lines at practice today were Skinner Thompson and Olafson, Quinn Middlestat and Tuck, Krebs Cousins, Paterka and Oposo Asplins and Gergensons. I think those 12 players are exactly who I was thinking is going to make the team. The extra f- or who's going to be in this lineup uh, game one. The extras that were on skating on the fifth line were Bjork, Sheehan, and Hinnestroza. If I had to guess, I believe I, I think the Sabres would waive Bjork and Sheehan and keep Hinnestroza as their 13th forward. Um, you know, initial thoughts is I, I really, really like the Skinner Thompson Olsen line. And I don't know, maybe you'll, you're going to disagree with me on this because I know that you love talk playing with Thompson. Uh, I just think, do I? I think moving what? Do I like, do, have I been a big Tuck on, on Thompson's line I th- guy? I think, I thought you were a big, just don't break up Skinner Thompson and Tuck guy. Okay. Yeah, I guess. I think traditionally if you said that, but in, until, you know, maybe I could be completely wrong and this, this could look terrible, you know, first night, but I think moving Tuck down in the lineup to the, you know, the second line, getting him playing with some younger guys because I mean, Skinner, Skinner has been around the league. He's a veteran. He's going to be able to play on that top line and score him and Thompson got a really nice connection. It seems like they feed off each other. Um, I, you know, I think it's even came out and said it like that. They're, you know, good buddies off the ice that they got a good chemistry. And I think Olafson slotting into that line, he needs to play with guys that are going to create offense. Cause he's not a guy that's going to create it himself. So I think he's, he slots in nicely with that first line. And I mean, Olafson, I'd love to see what his goal total is this year. I think if he's playing on that Skinner and Thompson line, he might have a breakout season where he gets close to 30. Um, and then, I mean, my, and I think you said this too, but my initial take is that it's middle stats going to be the key to this, to this team. I mean, him playing on that second line between Quinn, Quinn and Tuck, he, he's just such a big question mark where like what middle stat are we going to get? Yeah. Are we going to get the guy that finished super strong when Donnie Granado took over and then had an amazing training camp last year, but then unfortunately got hurt? Or are we going to get the guy that we saw before Granado came in and he got sent to the Amherst and he was on the taxi squad? It's like, you don't know what, what you're going to get with middle stat. And so I, he's a very controversial player. I feel like some people love him. Some people hate him. Him playing in that top six, that's a big role. And he's going to be expected to put up points. The Sabres aren't going to win if that line doesn't score. So I think that's going to be the the number one thing I'm focusing on is what kind of player are we going to get out of Casey Middlestat if he's going to play that 2C role? 
Yeah, my initial thoughts from this lineup were looking at it from top to bottom is that I think we're going to be rolling for a decent amount this year. Like that was the first thing I thought when I saw this yeah. lineup and the way it was spread out is I think we're going to be rolling at least three, let alone, but, but I think four gets in the mix with the Poso, Aspen and Gergensons. I think we're going to really try to be deep and, and, and get a lot of these guys on the ice because I think it can be a pretty deep lineup. So, and, and I know we did that last year. Donnie likes playing, you know, everyone. He likes like rolling these lines out and, and getting the matchups that he's like. So seeing what it was, I think we're going to be rolling guys out. Obviously the top six will get, you know, their, their chances when they need to, and, and he'll coach to different game situations. But originally seeing this, I think we're going to be pretty deep. And I think we're going to roll these four lines, which I guess we'll see how that works. I think out. there's a lot of speed in this lineup too. Yeah. And, and then the second thing that that stuck out to me was honestly that third line. I think that third line could be an X factor in a wagon that Krebs yeah. cousins, Paterka, I think cousins. And we talked about this a little bit at the end of the last year and maybe a little bit over the offseason as well, but I think cousins is going to have a huge breakout year. I, I think he played well last year, but he wasn't, you know, he didn't break out to the eighth overall pick standard that he was picked at yet. And I think he's going to have a really big year. He's already shown some flashes in preseason. And then I've always been a Krebs guy. I think he needs to step up a little bit. But then Paterka, I think, I don't know. I think he could surprise a lot of people. And I think this guy, this is someone I've been high on. Obviously, everybody in Sabres fans has been high on. Um, but you have Quinn and Paterka, the two guys coming up. Um, and I think Paterka can really make an impact, uh, you know, off off rip here. So that third line sticks out to me. Krebs dynamic. Cousins, I think, is going to be, you know, set for a huge year. And then Paterka playing with those two guys. I mean, that could be a line for the next 10 years or so. So um, I love putting these like young guys together and really, and really, uh, you know, piecing them there and, and seeing how it works out. So I think we're going to be rolling the lines. And then that line right there, I mean, that could be just a nightmare to play against too. I mean, Cousins has been a great defensive forward. He's, you know, I think mm -hmm. he's going to put up a little more points, but if you're matching up that line and, and those guys all reach their potential against another team's third line, like, I don't know, that could be some, that could be some mismatches out there for the boys. So that was my initial thoughts on the lines. I didn't see any D pairs. Did you see any D pairs? Yeah, have? it was uh, Darlene and Samuelson with Darlene playing the right side. Power and Yoki Haru. Bryson and Labushkin. And then uh, Pilot, Pilot was playing with Presky. Fitzgerald wasn't practicing, I saw. Okay. That's, I, uh, I mean, that's, that's the top four we all expected. I thought actually Pilots looked pretty good this year so far. So, you know, who knows if he makes a team to start with, but. Um, I think he'll make the team. We'll I don't see. know. He might be uh, a scratch. Yeah. So, um, but I think that kind of rounds out our Sabres talk here. Uh, Bills talk, Sabres talk. We got it all going for you. As Ethan said, we're going to be rolling here as the Sabres get going. It's when we you know hit our peak as a podcast. Super excited to get that going. But uh, go Bills, go Sabres as always, everybody. Thank you guys for tuning in and we will see you next time. Peace.
a little too drunk The only thing I still rely on Only thing I still get high on Is you, you and me Go together so perfectly And this don't happen often We got so much in to say thank you cause life changed everything and it ain't changed you even when i think the world's working against me you take the time to tell me shine you know that ain't true i mean way back before i was my worst critic you know the lies inside your head are the worst kind